Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. America's Independence Day is on the 4th of July. Welcome to the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack, y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. It's the Fact Off. Yeah, it's the Fact Off. Right, welcome to the Fact Off. I'm your host Alex, and with me is, as always, is Mr. America, Mike. Tongue tied as always, but I love it, America, and America. You love America, and with me is always Mr. Independence, Pat. That's me, everybody. Happy Independence Day to everyone out there. Yeah, the most American thing to do is just say America. America, yeah, right. you gotta drop that A. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fourth of July is coming up. Hence the theme of the opening fact and your na- nicknames for this episode. <laughs> you didn't realize. Are we dropping this on the 4th of July? We could. Well, I think it's coming up. Nobody's going to be listening on the 4th of July. They're going to be shooting rockets off at each other. I'll be getting my box off. I'm talking uh, in between when fireworks would be going off. So you could listen to this and fireworks can go off. Kablam! <laughs> Bluey! Wow. This bit is... Down, gone way downhill. Yeah. Well, this is the fact off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, weekly podcast where we each bring you a random and obscure fact, and you, the listeners, get to decide the winner. And if I read my notes correctly, last week's winner was Mr. Independence himself, Pat. Thank you. And that means I get to make my victory fact. Oh, side note, I just want to get in that Mike was also the slack off of the week or the jack off of the week. Yeah, I didn't get one single vote. I'm kind of pissed. Yeah, you should be. I think nobody understood my pitcher fact at all. Like, everybody's just like, I don't even know what a dirigible is. Yeah, I think yeah, you lost my dirigible. They turned it off. <laughs> it's a cool picture. I looked it up. Yeah, what's your victory fact? Get on with it. My victory fact was on June 25th. 2022. Yes. Christian Javier, Hector Neris, and Ryan Presley all combined to throw a no-hitter against the New York Yankees for the Houston Astros. And Mr. Independence was there in the crowd. That's right. I was at the game, and I saw a no-hitter on Saturday, and that's my fact of the week. Wow. Nice. Was it exciting? It was awesome. I was so much fun. I don't really care for either team, but uh, just seeing a no-hitter is just so rare. Yeah, how are the, the fans? Because there's that in New York. So Yeah, they were fine. I, I blended in. I wore a Yankees hat. Nice. Everybody has one. Not me. Their fans are loud. They, they like, stood up at, uh, when there were, like, two strikes in, like, the first inning, when usually in Philadelphia we wait until the ninth inning with two outs and two strikes. <laughs> I thought in Philadelphia yeah. you usually throw stuff at your players. Yeah, compliments about how well they're doing. Yeah. Unlikely. These are supposed to be the best athletes in the world. They should be able to dodge anything thrown at them. It's true. It's part of their training. Yeah. They're supposed to catch, get in front of the ball, not dodge it. It's <laughs> not the idea of baseball. That should be the idea of baseball. You're, you thinking, of, you're thinking of dodgeball. 
I always do get those confused. What is the idea of baseball? I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, but what's the idea of baseball? <laughs> Hitting the a ball? The idea of baseball is to kill time. <laughs> yeah, it's like we got nothing to do. What are you, what are you guys doing? I don't know. There's yeah, literally the players <laughs> just stand there sometimes and just think about life. Yeah, and they scratch ourselves. No one gets mad. It's uh, really it's is the, the dream. dream. <laughs> yeah, nobody gets mad when people when teams rush the field in anger. That's it's a very calm sport. Yeah, that's like the best part of baseball. Second only to the no hitter. You know what's better than uh, baseball and not a time filler? Pats fun fast fact fun fact factacular fun fanny fact facts. Fanny Mac fact. <laughs> yes, this is not a time killer at all. All right, I'm just gonna get right to it from the random fact calendar. Fact number but, one but, of but, the week. But, but what what what? If people don't know what this is, what this segment is. All right. First off, people don't know what the fact off is, but everyone knows that the fact off factacular is when I read five random facts from my fact calendar and Mike tells me what's the best fact of the week and Alex tells me what's the worst fact of the week. And that's it. It's just a way to ease in, you know, like people jump into the pool. This is us dipping our toe into the fact pool. Gives you a bunch of facts to talk about at work. And uh, that's it. Yeah, it's the factacular. Fun factacular. Also saves people from buying a calendar to find facts. I can't promote this calendar enough. I go on every, a podcast every week where I say the fact of the podcast. This is the greatest gift I've ever gotten in my life. All right. From June 9th, did you know that baked beans are actually not baked but stewed? That's 100% yeah. correct because I've never seen anybody put baked beans in the oven. I usually bake my beans in the oven. I put them in like a line, like when you're making cookies, one at <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> and you flip them over halfway through. Yeah, you have to. All right, fact number two: the first written use of OMG was in 1917. Was in a 1917 letter to Winston Churchill. That was the year I was born. You son of a bitch! Was, <laughs> was it me who who wrote it? Not only are you, like, super old, but you can also write on the same year that you're born. Yeah. I was the, a prodigy. <laughs> prodigy. That movie, 1917, where it's like a war movie and it's all one take, is about one guy getting a letter all the way to Winston <laughs> Churchill. And when he opens it at the end of the movie, it just says, OMG. <laughs> that would have been the best fan edit ever. <laughs> the best movie of all time. All right. Fact number three. This one is cool. Sharks existed before trees. Really? Yeah, defend yourself, trees. <laughs> Fact number four, Get this it. one's for Mike. Mike, you live in Kentucky, right? Or Ohio? Yeah, yeah of course. Okay, this one's for you. Um, he says, of can, course, like he didn't live in Ohio for like two years. <laughs> I did I live forget. in Ohio. They're pretty much the same place. Kentucky has more barrels of bourbon than people. I can see that. Yeah, that's probably the case. Yeah, Mike's sitting Mike's on a barrel of bourbon right now. Mike's walls in his house are those bourbon barrels. Uh, there's nothing in that fact that states whether those are full barrels or empties. We have lots of empty barrels just strewn about. They roll down the street like tumbleweeds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody has a barrel, a bourbon barrel in their house as like a prop or something. Oh, it really, of... really grinds my gears when I'm at a red light and the guy in front of me just throws a bourbon barrel out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just carry him around just to throw at people. Yeah. And the final one is uh, three out of four Americans use an emoji in text messaging every single day. I can uh, see that. 
I use GIFs. Do GIFs count? I use GIFs more than emojis. I don't care. <laughs> oh, you know what I started using? And uh, listeners, if you have uh, a stupid Android Google phone like I do, I can't like photos or pictures like uh, Apple people can. So I just do a thumbs up now. But it just looks very insincere when, you know, my co-host is sending me pictures of his kids doing something. <laughs> and I send back a thumbs up over and over again. But anyway, there's your fast five factacular facts. You know, you guys are both on Android. And if you guys both use Google Messages, you could use the feature where you could like each other's chats. But you guys are just, I don't well, know. We have a lot of other people in these groups. These we have so oh. many groups of people this in the family. This is a group text. Gotcha. That makes more sense now. Yeah, of course. Forget what I said. Talking yeah. to somebody one-on-one is like psycho stuff. Like, all right, weirdo. Psycho. Um, weakest fact was the emoji facts. The other first four I really liked. I thought it was a good strong week. Wait until next week. No, the baked beans wow. one was just fairly obvious. I don't. I feel like somebody was super lazy that day. I. But you don't think about it. I didn't think about that. Well, because they come already baked. Yeah. Well, that's true. Or they're not baked. They just come <laughs> they just come covered in sauce. <laughs> we'll never know. Well, I'm going to go to the ver- factory. Uh maybe one of the um Mr. Rogers episodes has like a factory visit uh section. I'm I'm working my way through. I'm on season 2. <laughs> okay, let me <laughs> yeah. know if he, when yeah, he gets to the up. baked beans episode. Yeah. I will say it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Well, thank you. That's why I told you I'm trying to watch Jeopardy from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a through line. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to miss anything. You can't jump ahead. Oh, yeah, there's like jokes that go on from episode to episode. Uh, okay, Pat, it's your turn. To My turn for go- what? <laughs> picking the order of who goes. Oh, I'm going to start off because um, this is uh, going to come out as Mr. Independence. I have a very lame fact, but I looked it up for our fans of the holiday. The 4th of July is coming up. And what's yeah. everyone's favorite thing to do on the 4th of July? Eat a hot dog. Eat a hot dog. What else? Shoot off fireworks at your Shoot grandparents. Shoot off fireworks. I hope. Is it anybody else's fact about fireworks? No. No, I don't do themed facts. No, oh, I only do themed facts. <laughs> Mike does themed facts. Crappy facts. <laughs> this theme. All right. So I'm just going to give, and you probably already know this stuff. These are. It facts about fireworks. Did oh, okay. you know where fireworks came from? China. That is correct. Do you know where when they came from? Uh, sometime after ten thousand BC. Yeah, it's got to be like a fifteen hundreds, fourteen hundreds range. No, I think it's before that. I think it's like four thousand BC. No, oh, okay. Could be way off. You guys are way off because it was around <laughs> two thousand two. <laughs> it was last year. Uh, around 200 BC, uh, they created fireworks. Now, everyone thinks of fireworks how we see them up in the sky when someone's playing Proud to be an American in the background and then playing Born in the USA, not understanding it's not a very pro-USA song. But uh, the fireworks in 200 BC were actually just uh, bamboo sticks they would throw on a fire. And okay. the air pockets would, yeah. They would still play... Proud to be an American. <laughs> they would play Proud to be American. That song is actually uh, from uh, 300 BC. <laughs> it's a very old song. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least they know they're free. <laughs> um, so that's 200 BC. They just throw... Uh, it's not really an invention. They just throw bamboo into a fire and it makes like a popping sound. Well, I mean, uh, they, they obviously perfected it 
after that. That's not the where the story ends. Is throwing yeah. bamboo sticks into a fire, and that's well, the end of the show, everyone. Now it's people throwing bamboo sticks <laughs> up in the sky. That's what people don't know. It's just catapults of uh, bamboo shoots. You load C four into the bamboo stick, and yeah, cabal. So somewhere between 800 and 1100 years later, about 600 or 900 AD, okay. the Chinese created black powder, which is a, it's a predecessor to gunpowder, and they did it by mixing charcoal with potassium nitrate and sulfur. That's what I would do, yeah. Yeah, so that's where we get all those, uh, you know, gunpowder and stuff. Yeah, I have barrels from. of it down here in the basement. Yeah, but do you ever mix up the bourbon barrel on your gunpowder barrel? <laughs> At least yes. once a day, Mike is spitting out uh, gunpowder. <laughs> I thought this was the bourbon. Yeah, but he spits it out, but it's like... <laughs> anyway, so they did have black powder, uh, and they would use it to, you know, make fireworks. They didn't launch them into the air. It was still, they would just fill up the bamboo with the black powder, or a piece of, like, a paper and roll it up, and throw it on a fire. And it was really, back then, in 600, 900 AD, it was really just for... Um, you know, very ceremonial thing to do, like uh, religious, you know, ceremonies and stuff and honoring sounds, people. Sounds like what teenagers do now, just take a paint, paint can and throw it into the fire and, and watch it blow. So I guess maybe they were all teenagers. Yes. A, a little known fact in China back then, everyone was teenagers, <laughs> even the children. Uh, they said it uh, probably sounded like, uh, you know, the little string of fireworks, you just get them and they just uh, crack on it. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, the ones you throw yeah. behind your friend to scare him. Exactly. Yes. So fast forward, or smash cut. I'm going to steal that from Alex. Smash cut 300 years. So this is a long history of the firework. 300 years later, black powder is finally repurposed for military purposes. Makes sense. Yeah. Military loves blowing stuff up. They created rocket cannons. So that was about, what's that, like 1200 uh, AD? So really only 1,000 years ago. Not too long ago. Um, the technology started moving over towards Europe. And they still, they were not using them as fireworks in a traditional sense. It wasn't until uh, black powder came to Europe and they turned it into gunpowder that they started using it for cannons and muskets was created. And then they started doing, uh, you know, celebrations and stuff, shooting them into the sky and watching them blow up. That's always fun. Yeah. And... This was a fun Fourth uh, of July fact. Did uh, do you think yes or no, true or false? Did America <laughs> yes or no have, or true or false? Whichever one you want, you can choose. It's a, a yes, B no, C true, D false. Did America have fireworks at the original Fourth of July? Uh, no. Did they? No. Yes. Mike said no. I think it's a yes. trick question. No. So they're pretty sure there were because. Founding father John Adams wrote a letter to his wife on July 2nd, 1776, saying that he's pretty sure there's going to be huge celebrations with illuminations, which is what they called fireworks back in the day. Not the old Epcot show at Disney? Yeah, and not the uh, illumination company that makes all the Minion movies. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Adams, it's your husband, John Adams. I don't know your first name. (laughs) So we're pretty sure there were fireworks. He's he's writing a letter. He's going to sign it later, but he so says, this is your husband, John. This is your husband, John. There's going to be a bunch of minions in two days when we sign the declaration. Anyway, that is my... I have some uh, 
that's my the history of fireworks. You know, it started uh, as a, a long evolution. I thought the interesting part was that it took from 200 BC of just throwing bamboo sticks into a fire, all the way to a thousand years later, to 1200 AD, where they finally created rocket cannons. To 2000, what year is this? 22. <laughs> And now people are just send them off every willy-nilly. Yeah. And I have uh, some uh, one side fact. In 2019, in Al Marjan Island, in Ras Al or Kama, I apologize for pronouncing this wrong. In the United Arab Emirates, they set the world record for the longest straight line of fireworks. And can you guess how long that straight line of fireworks was? I don't know. I'll let mile. me get my Ripley's Believe It or Not book out real quick. Or, or is it... Uh, it's Guinness. Oh, dang it. I totally <laughs> messed up with your fact. You should... Oh. Wait, did you put that in the thing? Did you write Ripley's Believe It or Not? No, he didn't. He wrote the right thing in the fact. Oh, okay. Um, Wait, how long? Real quick. I'm not I said done. a mile. Mike, guesses? I don't... It, uh, yeah. <laughs> Eight miles. <gasps> is that where the name of the movie Eight Mile comes from? Yeah, did you know that 8 Mile, the movie, was all about every scene in the movie is him just tying down another firework, and the movie ends with him lighting it, and it shoots off? Oh, I, I, would watch that. I totally missed that scene. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of your fact? Oh, man, I don't know. Baby, you're a firework. Mr. Independence. Just <laughs> If they listen to this show, they'll know it's my fact. Okay, who goes next, me or Mikey? Uh, let's go, Mike. <sighs> Okay. All right, guys, strap in for... Oh, by the way, earlier you were foreshadowing my fact. It was about crap. Wait, what? Uh, wait, is this poop? No, it's sort of. I told you you have a theme. That's true. Did you know that cats have lived with mankind for over 12,000 years? Uh, that sucks for mankind. Not according to my Bible. Yeah, the Bible does specifically say it's only 6,000 years old, the Earth. So wait, you say 12,000 years? Yeah, 12,000 years. Well, I mean, that's the latest es- estimates. How they what they how they do it, they dig up like bones that are found in the earth, human remains and they found the like, cat remains with with the human remain bones. Um so it could mean that either they were kept as pets or those cats killed those people. Weren't they, shouldn't they have been huge or something? Weren't animals gigantic back in the day? Well, it's just 12,000 years ago. Uh, yeah. Let's not get in the weeds <laughs> on that part of it. That's where the think... cats are. But yeah, cats uh, were, you know, with humans for a long time. They were typically kept outside defending, like, our food stores. So, like, nice. you had a vat of food. Uh, you probably wanted to have cats out there to kill mice and rodents and that sorts of thing. But That's why you have cats now. Cats weren't really kept indoors it wasn't a thing really to do um and when you did bring them indoors that you had some simple requirements um they needed a place to do their business and you can feed them when you felt like it (laughs) it sounds like raising kids yeah so there's very easy very easy to take care of basically they're the perfect animal for any if you're lazy bones so they, you feed them whenever you feel like it. They yeah, don't that's, get mad that's the requirement. Yeah, else. they don't get mad. You, <laughs> they might eat you if you die, like if you fall over dead. I've heard um, that cats will eat you, right? And dogs will starve to death next to you. And then I think that seems like big dog propaganda. 
That's it. Could be um, Purina. Well, I mean, Purina has their mitts and a lot of things, but they're not just about big dogs. They're about you mean small their balls. <laughs> yeah. But early on, if you wanted to bring your cats indoors, um, you had to use like ashes or sand or dirt to like let your cats uh, defecate, and that's not the cleanest way to do it because cats would like tr- you know trample into the dirt and then spread it across the whole house and drag sh- crap ar- around your whole house too. It-, it was probably nasty to have a cat in your house back in the day. And I still kind of think twelve thousand kind of years gross. ago, everything was nasty. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, this is not twelve thousand years at this point. We're uh, people weren't living indoors. Uh, we fast forwarded from that time. Uh, I missed uh, the, fast the smash cut. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot the smash cut. People are so confused at home, thinking that like somebody's living in an air conditioned house uh, like this. Anyways, <laughs> so let me quickly introduce you to the cat legend himself, Edward Lowe. Okay. So after he returned home from World War II, he continued his glamorous lifestyle of selling clay, sawdust, and sand to industrial customers in South Bend, Indiana. Very glamorous sounding. Oh, this is a big smash cut. We're in Indiana now. Yeah, we're in Indiana. After World War II. So if, I'm not going to give you the dates because you you at home have listened to enough fact offs. You probably know the dates of World War II. I, I hope. Uh, do I have to handheld hold everybody with all these dates? I don't want to fill my fact up with dates. I, I will if I have to, if you guys can't follow <laughs> That's along. how I pad out my facts. <laughs> oh, just like that one episode where you let, read a whole list of dates for like an hour. I had an ulterior motive and it failed. <laughs> I like that fact. It was a good fact. Sorry if I'm getting salty. <laughs> so one day, a neighbor or possibly acquaintance... Or possibly a lover. I don't know. It's all or enemy. Or enemy. It could have been any of these. There's conflicting stories. It's stranger. It doesn't matter. Uh, But anyway, somebody asked him, like, "Hey, can you give me a product to fill my litter pan at home? Because uh, I can't find sand at this time, or sand's just not working out." So what? Kitty litter guy. Yeah, the kitty litter guy. Uh, Somebody asked him that. And cool. Edward suggested Fuller's Earth Clay because of its absor- absorbency and odor-killing ability. I was going to say those two things. That's what I know about Earth Clay. I don't know much about it at all. Um, I don't know much about history. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to give you lots of dates for, from here on out. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so the idea clicked into place, and Lowe decided, and here's a day for you guys, in 1947 to sell and market... Packaged five-pound bags of kitty litter. He called it kitty litter. Wow. Wait, he uh, the, the very first brand was kitty litter? Yeah. The Nailed axing it. price was just 65 cents. And uh, adjusting for, uh, you know, inflation. inflation. Thank you. That's, an, uh, that's a word. Uh, $7.69 today. So that's kind of expensive for kitty litter. I don't know how much it costs now. I don't have a cat. It's got to be more than $7, right? I'm yeah, I think it's up. more than 7 Well, it's a good deal then. Fantastic deal. People have to have their cats inside. You know, it's a um, depression and that sort of thing. Um, so store owners weren't convinced uh, because sand was cheaper. And people didn't really, they weren't convinced yet. So what did uh, 
Eberlo do? He said, hey, he just basically told the stores, why don't you give this crap out for free? <laughs> and then when people are willing to pay for it, they'll start paying for it. I think, I don't, I don't so know how long. It's like drugs. <laughs> it, it sounds like, yeah, he was basically trying to lure people in. He was the first drug dealer. Um, or maybe he marketed his ideas to drug dealers. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a good movie. Go all the way back. Anyway, to the continue. first. <laughs> uh, well, this started a mar- marketing bonanza. And, and Edward, uh, he was known as like a, a master marketer. And that's why kind of like why, why this all really took off. Um, he advertised in women's magazines promoting its deodorizing and drying features. He... Okay sponsored cat beauty pageants and held uh, and and created cat calendars with pictures of irresistible felines genius i know that's genius how can you turn down an a calendar full of irresistible felines i couldn't you know everybody has cat calendars on their wall real quick follow-up you can get 35 pounds of kitty litter for like 12 bucks at target Wow, he was really milking this early on, wasn't he? Yeah. He re- well, first it was free, and then he just charged them whatever he wanted. Yeah, er- early on, I he, uh, I guess, was selling it out of magazines and stuff and shipping it all across the country, and people were begging him, like, ship me more of this stuff, um, just because it changed the way people owned cats. Like, before, you had to keep your cats outside or very rarely inside, but now... People can just keep their cats indoors all the time, and it's very convenient. So, cat ownership went way, way up, and actually surpassed dog ownership um, in a period of, in a period of time when this started wow. taking off. So, wait, wait, who's winning now? Birds? No. Uh, side fact: Birds. Uh, I had this in there. I think birds, uh, cats, kill 1.5 billion birds a year. Um, so they're seen as like a um, very dangerous animal to let they outside. They had it coming. Yeah, they had it coming. The birds did? Yeah. Wasn't That's it all true. part of nature? They're always chirping at the wrong time. You know? All the time? They think they're so cool with their wings, but no, they're not. Yeah, they're always crapping <laughs> on cars and on your head yeah. while you're walking around. <laughs> so is that your fact, Mike? No, I'm not yeah, done. birds are always crapping on Mike's head. No. Yeah, so the success led to the formation of Edward Lowe's Industries, and in 1964, the Tidy Cat brand was born. You can find the Tidy Cat brand in stores oh, right yeah. now. That's what I found online. Yeah, and by 1990, he was a top litter producer in the country, and he sold his company for north of $200 million. So he made a cool quarter of a billion dollars off of kitty litter. Um, now it's owned by Purina and, uh, the rest is history. So he changed the whole landscape of pet ownership basically within like 40, 50 years time. Uh, quick aside, um, his product was so popular. Jane Goodall. Do you know who Jane Goodall is? Yeah. Yep. She lived with gorillas. She fought cats. Oh, she actually personally contacted him and tried to work out a product for chimpanzee litter. And did it work? Not go, no, it no. did not go over well. It didn't work. <laughs> so well, my facts, guys. Yeah, she tried. She tried. More like I can say about Alex. Yeah. I, why didn't they do a human litter? Huh. Because we have a toilet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mike's just shitting in the corner. 
<laughs> well, you have a toilet this whole time? You've had this technology and you didn't tell me. That's Mike's right, fact. What's the name of your fact, Mike? King of cat litter. Okay, because I had the low down on litter. What about I shit you not? All right, it's the king of cat litter. <laughs> uh, early on the podcast, a very handsome man said when he thought of the 4th of July, he thought of hot dogs. So, Is that you? <laughs> yep, that was me. So we're going to tell the story of the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest. So let's start with Nathan. Nathan Handworker. I thought usually it's like your last name as your company. He went first name. So in 1910, Nathan nobody's going to buy Handworker hot dogs. No. They call them handy hots. <laughs> Put a hot dog in your hand. <laughs> Nathan was working for a guy by the name of Charles Feltman. You know what Charles Feltman was famous for? Felt. No, he was the guy who is credited with bringing the hot dog to the U.S. in 1871. He personally carried one in his pocket? Yeah. Well, that's what he, that's what he told her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a hot dog in my pocket. <laughs> Thanks, Charles Feldman. <laughs> Nathan was working for Feldman in his restaurant part-time on Sundays as a delivery guy. And his buddies were like, hey, Nathan, you should start your own company. And you can uh, undersell Feldman. So in 1916, he borrowed $300 from his friends, and he started to sell hot dogs for five cents. Hold hold on. How come my friends don't give me startup money and then tell me to do a really genius idea? Because you fall asleep on the job. (laughs) It's true. Hey, I told you guys that in confidence. (laughs) (laughs) So he said Feldman was charging 10 cents for a hot dog. And he's like, no, no, we'll do five cents. And it took off. He paid back his loan within a month. And everybody was eating his hot dogs. They were so popular that his Feldman and his uh, like other hot dog people were like, no way that Nathan's hot dogs are all beef. And so they were like, he used some other animals to make his hot dogs. That's the only reason he can sell them for Ooh, so cheap. Investigation. Turned out he used no animals. <laughs> yeah. So what Nathan did was he hired college students to act as doctors. And they were <laughs> authorizing in front of the store that they were we were all beef hot dogs. And it worked. It was a big stunt, and people liked it. Uh, and then it took off. It kind of changed the. Uh, it made the trust of like New York, so people from all over and like high society people, poor people, all eat his hot dogs. So you're saying all I need to do is hire a bunch of fake doctors, and I'll get the trust of the America. Yeah, that's awesome. So like nine out of ten doctors approve of your message right here. Yeah, eat a doctor a day. Keeps the doctor away. Eat so, a doctor? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in 1936, this is, a, this is a side fact. In 1936, when Queen Elizabeth I came to America, FDR served her hot dogs from Nathan's. And, and it was like made out of her ass. son. Yeah. yeah. There's no way FDR actually cooked those hot dogs himself, though. He didn't cook them. No one said he cooked them. <laughs> he served them. <laughs> there was no way he cooked those hot dogs. Yeah. They call bullshit on this whole fact. Shut it down. Yeah. So let's get to the thing that Nathan, besides the hot dog, is most famous for. 
the hot dog eating contest. The famed hot dog eating contest on the 4th of July each year. People slurping down hot dogs, eating buns, sweating. So, when was the first hot dog eating contest? I'm going to say 1987. Mike? Are you trying to say the year he was born again? (laughs) The year I was born. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to slip that in? Um, I think it was like 1957. Huh? You're both the, wrong. The year my dad was born? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I th- Wait. Mike, you said 57? Yes. And Pat said 87. That's 30 years apart. <laughs> the year is 1972. <laughs> oh, very nice. <laughs> so you guys are both equally close to the date. So. Okay. Like well, wait, wait. What was the day of the year, though? Was yeah. it more halfway? Because then I would be closer. It would be July 4th. I won. Legend has it that on July 4th, 1916, four immigrants were ha- were on Coney Island like these, arguing about who loved America more. Which one of these Irishmen loved America more? I don't know. So they decided the only way to prove that you love America, and I don't disagree with them. <laughs> is they have a hot dog eating contest. Wait, I thought you said the first one was 1972. But this is, legend has it. Oh, the legend part. So this is where you're separating fact from legend here. I appreciate yeah. the detail. Thank you. So they had a hot dog eating contest and supposedly Jim Mellon Mullen won. And then they had a hot dog eating contest every year since, except for two years. In 1942... When there was a certain war going on that Mike didn't want to give the dates for. Oh, the war on hot dogs. Yeah, the war on hot dogs. Now, World War Two, they didn't have it. And then in 71, they were protesting Nixon in Vietnam. Supposedly, they didn't have it. But really, that was a marketing story made up by Monty Matz. Oh, you can't trust anybody named Monty Matz. I've always known that to be a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he made up this story to make it sound more legit. But really, they said there might have been a hot dog eating contest in 1967. It would have been like 100 years after like that hot dog came to the U.S., they said, maybe. Um, but, and like a guy named Walter Paul ate 127 hot dogs in an hour. But very few papers talked about it. The first real record of a hot dog eating contest was in 1972. And that's when they said the hot dog contest really started. And happened every year since. That's awesome. Oh, wait. So even the years that it didn't happen, that was all fake? Yeah, that was all fake <laughs> to build up the mystique of this hot dog eating contest. Yeah, he, make- he fit in his own weirdness in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, everybody so. knows the more details you put in a lie, the more believable the lie is, right? Isn't that true. the whole? Yeah. That's true. So... The name of my fact is, makes me want a hot dog real bad. You look like the 4th of July. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I don't remember anything else from that movie except for that line. Um, so there you have it. Our three facts for tonight are Baby You're a Firework, The King of Cat Litter, and Makes Me Want a Hot Dog Real Bad. So go to factoffpodcast.com to vote. Uh, or in the show link, there's a vote button. You just click it, and we'll take you there. And you can vote on which fact, mine, you think is the best. Remember to like and follow us on all the Twitter, socials, 
Instagram. Oh, remember, I'm not working this summer, so I have all this time to post on social media. We have so many posts on social media, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I actually got a, a private message from one of our listeners saying, hey, if you quit filling up my my feed with posts, I'm going to stop listening. Was it your wife? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. No response. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, check us out on all those. Pat will be more active, especially next week. Most of all, have a great day. Bye. <laughs>